Thank you for downloading the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast. You can find more relationship insights at focusonthefamily.com slash marriage podcast. Well, the truth is the family you came from has a big influence on who you are today and what your marriage looks like. Um, That's certainly the case for me. I realized that there are some kind of trigger words that Dina can say that remind me of when I was growing up and I would freeze. Um, And I do the same thing to her, unfortunately. uh, Unpacking those patterns that we learned way back when we were kids has been really helpful for our marriage relationship. I'm John Fuller, along with Greg and Aaron Smalley, who are in charge of the Focus Marriage Team. And Aaron, you've uh, identified, you were nodding your head yes as I was sharing some examples. How have you found this to be true in your relationship? I would say especially, John, around expectations, because there were certain things that went on in my family and ways that we did things. I mean, I know that we've shared the story about how to brown ground beef. Well, that's something I learned from my mother. And so when Greg did it differently, well, then uh, that was not okay. There was expectations of how things were going to go. And browning ground beef is a lighthearted thing. Take it deeper to how we're going to connect um, around finances. How are we going to connect emotionally? And just the overall atmosphere within our home, our family of origin even creates, or we long to replicate what we came from. Yeah, it's really interesting. Dina would say that she had expectations about what a good spouse means, what what a good wife uh, does and looks mm-hmm. like. And Absolutely. So she's still battling some of those expectations, even though I've said, no, I'm not expecting that from you. Well, let's go ahead and hear now from um, a couple that has an amazing story of learning to work through some past struggles. Uh, Pastor D.A. Horton and his wife, Alicia, have uh, some really interesting things to share with Jim Daly. Alicia, you, you had... Um other complications as a child. I mean, sure. as you come into this relationship, sexual abuse, um, how are you trying to manage that emotionally and spiritually with your relationship with DA? Um, I didn't really, uh, to be honest. Um, I felt that I should have just suppressed it because I didn't feel like I had a safe outlet to speak about it. It was really hard for me for quite some time because I felt that If I talked to anybody about it, then I would be the accused, not the one that was the victim. And so, and because time had elapsed between when it happened until we got together, I just felt that, hey, this is part of who I am, but I don't really know anybody or any resources that are going to help me talk through this. And it wasn't until our fifth year of marriage when I finally came out and just opened up about that. So really nobody knew? Nobody knew. No, they didn't. They didn't. That must have been a very difficult process. There's so many... um, women who go through something like that and they don't talk to anybody about it and then they get into marriage and these things explode Mm, how did you manage that if I can you know ask you it's very personal I understand sure no um I feel that once we had that conversation um it was a real open candid conversation just about where we felt like the Lord was leading us and I just had been like really impressed to say, okay, I need to talk to him about this. You know, um, it was during a time where we were trying, we were at a boot camp, I think, for, for church, for planting. church planning. Mm-hmm. And the whole purpose was to go back to the hotel and just have good t- quality time talking through some of the things, through the materials. And I just really felt that this was a right moment for wow. me to share that. And yeah. so when I did, it led to so much, um, 
it was like an eye opener for me, but it really, I felt like a sense of relief now that I can finally just say, okay, this is a part of my story, but this is not who I am. And I'm thankful that I can share this with somebody who is not going to leave me, who's not going to treat me different, but it's going to walk me through this healing process. And I'm thankful for my husband at the time still being a pastor. And he really shepherded my heart during that process. That's amazing because I can only imagine the fear. Oh, absolutely. And then you think what may come after that, that condemnation, but instead it was encouragement. It was so much encouragement. And that's a blessing. Yeah, it was. So often in marriage counseling, we talk about this idea of being known. Mm. being fully known and fully accepted Mm. that's got to be what you experience in that moment oh absolutely that now i'm fully known my secret and my husband still loves me absolutely it's a beautiful part of the story let me open this up da for you as well family of origin plays such a role we've had the yurkoviches on here focus on the family and they're very big in terms of the family of origin environment shaping your future marital conflict, Mm. you know, the Mm -hmm. the way you respond to your spouse when something happens. It's powerful stuff. Mm. And I know many people have been blessed by the Yurkoviches when they've been on. But what was your family of origin story? DA, let's start with you. What was going on? What were you learning? Yeah, you know, um, so being Mexican-American from my mom's side, uh, she was born Roman Catholic and there was no separation of the two. And Billy Graham came to Kansas City in 78. My mom heard the gospel and she made a profession of faith. And that moment in her life altered because she was, you know, spiritually born again. And a relationship with Christ, that's the distinction. And it was completely different from what she was raised in. So that that just had a ripple effect in our entire family Mm -hmm. and uh, some positive, some negative ways. But she had us going to uh, an Assembly of God church at a young age. So I would hear the gospel proclaimed regularly. And I would see that my mom would be the one taking us to church. My dad felt that his role was more provider, protector, uh, not necessarily priest. And we didn't even hear the, that language, you know, until we got into Bible college. So I didn't even have a category for what it looked like to be uh, leading a family in that, in that way because my dad was taught that it was the mother's role. So he was just, you know, with his family of origin, this is how things are done. You go to work, you pay the bills. You uh, supply for the family, and the mother is the one that rears the children with behavior, emotions, religion, and things of that nature. And so, um, you know, growing up in in, in that sense, I I had a real closeness with my mom. My relationship with my dad was really more defined in sports, but he worked third shift overnight. My mom worked the early shift. So I was a latchkey kid, and there was space between my brother and I, seven years old, and my oldest brother. He passed away when I was 10. Um, but he was 13 years older than me. So I was, in some ways, my coming of your age was very, um, almost like an only child uh, growing up in the middle of the inner city. And so I began to recognize that I functioned very independently. I, I didn't have to consider my mom and dad. We would be at home if we ate dinner together. Uh, it would be in three different rooms, each of us watching three different TV programs huh. and completely content, you know, and then we would engage with each other every now and then. But I would go to the movies with my mom. I would go to the mall with my mom. So I had a very close relationship. So she helped me understand um, a woman's perspective, especially from a godly perspective and scriptural. So I was very more in tune to things emotionally uh, when it would come to Alicia than when she would say things. I'm like, oh, she really means this. This is OK. My mom would help me understand these things. So there's positives and negatives in that. But I think one of the greatest detriments that I have brought into our marriage that I'm constantly trying to unlearn is that machismo independence. It's my way. I can do this. Uh, I don't need any help. I don't need to ask for help. 
I don't need to come to the rescue. Just you got to figure it out for yourself. I got to figure it out for myself, which that is a massive barrier to oneness. No, I appreciate <laughs> that vulnerability. Yeah. I think you're speaking, you know, we have cultural overlays, but that's mm. a male thing, mm-hmm. no matter what your culture of origin is. I mean, I think a lot of us suffer from that. We're compartmentalized. We're isolated. Yeah. Uh, we just want to turn from a problem. I'm guilty of that. Yeah. I do that, too. It's a lot easier to deal with those things when you don't have to deal with them. Yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> so, that's so true. Isn't that true? Yeah. And then, Alicia, w- what was your family of origin? So I would definitely say that we were polar opposites when it came to our origins. Um, his family was very independent, but my family was very codependent. We did a lot together. Um, we celebrated birthdays together. I mean, so you're all in. We were all in. You sounds know? like big fat Greek wedding. Is what it sounds like. But, 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 very active but for every yeah. every birthday, every holiday. Yeah, yeah every, every, every. And you're yeah. the Nuance. independent kid yeah. watching TV by yourself, yeah. eating yeah. dinner. So when I invited yeah. him into that, it was kind of not a clash of titans yet, but it was just kind of like, wait, what? Why are we celebrating this again? He would ask those questions, and I'm like. <gasps> you don't want to come, you know, I would just automatically take it the wrong way, not thinking mm-hmm. he wanted to be a part of this because mm-hmm. he had questions. And so, um, yeah, so we, we did a lot um, together and we, you mix those two in a pot and it's like, you know, water and oil. We didn't mix well. And we had to really form our own sense of interdependence, which was this oneness that we're talking about. All right, so Greg, how do you encourage a couple to have um, some honest, productive conversations about the families they grew up in? Yeah, great question. I'm going to pick on the word honest, because if if I'm going to have an honest conversation with Aaron, what that's implying is that I'm really going to open up and reveal something, reveal a, a, a deep fear, a deep emotion, whatever it is. And in order for me to do that, the conversation has to be safe. So I'm starting there by going, if you're really going to have an honest conversation with each other, you, you've got to treat this with with such white gloves and be so protective and really guard this. You can't ever use this information you know, in the heat of an argument as a weapon against your spouse you you really have to commit to going, I want to be such a safe person with this information. So what would a safe person do? You know, I, I'm going to listen. I'm not going to judge. I'm not going to argue. I'm not going to tell Aaron, well, that's ridiculous. I can't believe you guys did that. Whatever. Whatever it is, I want to be thinking the whole time going, Am I being really careful with her heart? I'm visualizing myself with white gloves being so cautious because she's revealing a very deep part of who she is, and that needs to be guarded and protective. So as long as you both are willing to make that commitment to each other that that I'm going to be safe, if I want you to open up and I want you to be vulnerable and I want you to know that I'm going to really handle that information with care. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I've been guilty of um, trying to have some fun with some of this. Oh, yeah, that's just like your dad. And yeah. that just, I mean, that's just <laughs> that's, yeah. bad That move. won't go well. No, no. And I appreciate your emphasis on safety. So we heard that from DA and Alicia. I mean, they, they had to work through a lot and they're stronger for it, but... It became um, it became supportive once they started to understand some of those patterns. 
And it might be that you've brought those kinds of things into your marriage relationship. Uh, we do have a lot of great resources. Certainly the book by the Hortons, uh, Enter the Ring, is going to be a, a good starting point for pretty much any couple. And we'll send that to you when you make a generous donation of any amount to support the work of Focus on the Family. Uh, if you do need to talk to somebody, we do have uh, caring Christian counselors here. Our donors make this possible for us to have uh, those counselors available to you for an initial consultation. It's free, and uh, we'll be happy to set that up when you call 800, the letter A, and the word family. And we'll have uh, details about the counseling team and that book and opportunities to donate and other resources as well, all in the show notes. We'll hear more from the Hortons next time. For now, on behalf of Greg, Aaron, and the rest of the team, I'm John Fuller, and this has been the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast.